up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Bricklayers in ball shorts, coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, them trap doors supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, 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 do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amal Hawkins. Appreciate you rocking out with me. Yo, I'm going to consider this a bonus episode, so I'm not even going to count this as an episode because this is just like bonus discussion. Um, I'm just going to title this. I don't know what I'm going to title this podcast, but I feel like sometimes you just got to have that real talk moment, you know? I what they call it? Uh, I don't know the name that they call it. I just hit record and started talking. I said, you know what? I'm gonna just record the episode because I haven't finished record. Uh, not record. I haven't finished reviewing the BYU film in depth like I like. I was at a wedding yesterday. Was following the game because we were still partying and the wedding started late. Saw the score, saw it was down 21-0. So, you know what? I'm going to just watch the game um, in its entirety when I get home. Woke up this morning, you know, where I was at, out of town. Saw that we lost. Just seeing all the, the posts on Twitter. I was like, you know what? I don't want to ruin for myself. Let me watch. So, I got to watch, like, the first half before I took my son to soccer, uh, his soccer game. That was out of town, like, two hours away. So, I drove in for my hour. And drove him two hours to his game. Watched the rest of the game on my phone. Then got this, I started watching like the cut-ups on my own. Interacting on Facebook because I was getting a lot of like emails and messages and communications, yo. So I just wanted to start looking at different things and, and answering and started getting a little irritated. Because I, I know what, what, you know, I know everybody's frustrated right now, right? Based off the showing that just took place versus BYU, with all the yards that they gained, everybody wants, wants to, you know, it was a question like, why? What's going on? What's the answer? Who's to blame? And that's normal. Anytime something negative happen, happens, why? Why and how can we fix it? And in life, you feel like you can fix something right then and there, right? Like, we got we to gotta fix it. Got to get it done. And a lot of times, it's a process. And a lot of times, folks don't like the process. So, a lot of times, you're not going to like a lot of the feedback someone gives you if it doesn't fit what you're looking for. So, I know a lot of times when I provide my feedback, it's not what people want because it's not like an immediate solution. I'm not an immediate solution person when I'm putting it out there in social media because it can come back to bite you. And I know how Monday morning quarterbacking works. I've already seen the outcome. So, of course, I can say, well, we should have did this. 
And I say that all the time when I break down games. It's like I know I got the luxury of seeing the result first and now drawing up a defense or drawing up a play of what you should have done. And you look like a genius until you got to do it in real time. And it's a different outcome. So before I get into what I have to say, I got to set the move for myself because Petty Hawk really want to come out and I want to keep him at bay. Now, you know what? We ain't even going to do no music. Now, yeah, we is because this, 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 this is the mood I'm in. It's just the mood I'm in, man. This how this how we're going to start it out, bro. I won't deny it. I'm a straight I'm sorry. We still got to start off with some music. Got the police busting at me. All right, that's it. That's it. That's all I'm giving y'all, man. As you can tell, man, I, I really, I really just like sometimes you have things scripted that you want to talk about, and then sometimes you just gotta like Dave Chappelle had the you know the skit you know with keeping the real goes wrong. Well, I'm trying to make sure I don't go wrong, but I want to keep it real. I want to keep it honest. I want to have that open dialogue. And a lot of times, I'd rather come to my microphone versus using my thumbs and. Sharing a bunch of messages over Facebook or Twitter or Instagram because I feel like I can I can help you better understand where I'm coming from through my voice versus writing long responses because a lot of times people are not gonna read all that all those characters you're using. So initially, I was gonna come out as Petty Hawk and I was gonna be like super super like. I don't want to say disrespectful, but I was going to like, I was in my, 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 I had my, my switch cut back on. Like the switch you have when you competing and you just got to really go at somebody and really like defeat them. And in the past, that's how I, I would have responded, but it does like in the end, nobody in air quotation wins. Like that used to make me feel good, but then it's like, yo, that's not like, that's not a good feeling though. Cause you're really not helping the people that you're responding to, you're just giving them the same energy that deters them away from you. Like you could be giving them cold, hard facts, but the way you delivering it is wrong and they don't listen to you. So I scratched that. I was going to come out my petty hawk voice with the high pitch voice, but that's, it's hard to kind of decipher if I talk into that voice too long that you understand what's really going on. So I decided, come out as ball hawk and just share with you guys what's my true thoughts about the team right now. So I'm still going to do the BYU recap. I'll do that tomorrow and share that tomorrow. This is Sunday. This is trick-or-treat. People, they trick-or-treating. So I might have to pause this because the kid's at the doorbell and I got to hand out candy, hit my dogs. But I really wanted to get this out there by the end of the night tonight, just so y'all could just hear my side because I'm getting the same questions. And I don't want to be rude by not answering the questions. And I don't want you to have to wait until Monday of my breakdown because I feel like when I get my breakdown, I just want to share what took place that game in a way to kind of match up with the analytics saying this and this and that. But I wanted to give you just my true assessment, even though I still probably do like a before, you know, the, a bi-week type breakdown of the season. Like, let's take a look back on nine games. I still may do that. But here's my thing, man. First of all, offensively, they've been playing phenomenal. You would be a dummy to say that the offense 
that's not playing at a high level, right? Brendan Armstrong has been phenomenal, already a school record. Um, got injured late last week. I mean, not last week, last night. Don't know the diagnosis on him yet. Like, nobody has the pinpoint. I just want to put that out there. Nobody truly knows what's really wrong with him unless you are a team doctor and Brendan. You got people rumbling that they think they got an idea, but we really don't know the severity. Like, you may have an idea, but you don't know the severity, right? You don't, nobody knows how long he's going to be out. Let me just put that out there. Nobody knows how long he's going to be out. So, take it for, take it with a grain of salt. If I truly knew, I wouldn't tell you. I'll keep it 100 with you. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I know that I don't share because it's not my place to share. I never understood if somebody talked to somebody on the team and ran the social media and share it. I mean, I can understand a journalist. But if you're not a journalist, what are you getting out of breaking something that that person probably confided in you and now you want to be the, ooh, he got the scoop. But when it comes to Brendan, nobody has word right now. When it comes to Wayne, there's no true word um, on his availability. Same with Billy Kemp. Like, they just played last night. It takes like a day or two for you to get a true diagnosis because after the game, there's a lot of uh, endorphins kicked in, swelling is right there. Like, so it, it's, they, they want to wait until like Monday or Tuesday to get a true diagnosis. Plus, it's a bye week. So it's really no rush to try to really share a diagnosis. That's the difference. Like, if we were playing Notre Dame this Saturday, oh, yeah, by tomorrow afternoon, you better believe they're going to make sure they pinpoint it because they got to know what the treatment's going to be, what type of meds the athlete needs, this and this and that. But the fact that it's a bye week, there's no rush of what the diagnosis truly is for everybody to know. So I just want to put that out there. Been through it a lot. Been through it. Um, but, um, the elephant in the room is the defense, right? A lot of people coming at the defense. Everybody asking me about the defense. What do we need to do? And every week I try to provide context on how the defense has gotten better and the things they still struggle with doing. And all that is encapsulated with that. So a lot of the times I try to, choose my words wisely, my approach wisely, because in this game, you can inadvertently point the finger at somebody or diss somebody and you're not trying because everybody's in tune and trying to see, I don't want to be the person he's pointing at as the problem. That's the tough part about football. It's the ultimate team sport, but people always want to place blame on something or somebody when a loss takes place. It's rare when you just see people say, you know what? They was just better than us. Like somebody that lost a game is going to say, oh, we would have did that. We would have won. We would have did that. We would have won. Everybody lives like that. You do. You got guys who don't make it in. Oh, man, if I would have just did this, I know what. That's just human. But here's my thing. I feel like when people ask me about the 335 and the 34, I always say this. Look, man. When it go to three and four wise, I don't even think about a three, three, five, or a three, four. I just see it as nickel. They got extra receivers in. You got an extra DB in because they got an extra receiver. 
Now, you can say 3-3-5, but I know with certain formations, you'll have guys in certain gaps that end up being a 3-4. I don't know. Like, don't get me started with that because a lot of times when I try to break that down for folks, they already got their mind set on, man, the 3-3-5 don't work. But here's another thing that you got to think about. When we ran our three four, when we ran the three four that everybody's accustomed to seeing of being aggressive and causing that havoc and blitzing the middle backers, it asked for guys in the secondary to play a lot of man to man up in your face, exclusively man. You can you you could really throw in some zones. Like you're asking for everybody to cover, and we saw since 2019. When Miami game took place and Bryce Hall got hurt, it was a little bit of a drop-off as far as guys being able to consistently cover. We had a luxury for years at that position. Hell, we had a luxury at years at nickel. Brent Nelson was a luxury at nickel. Then you had the likes of a Juan Thorne here at corner for seasons. Then when Juan left, you had Bryce Hall. But with that being said, Brent Nelson was still at nickel, so that was a luxury. So you could dial up blisses with those covering attributes. You just could. I'm just being honest with you. Of course, you got the Quinn Bland that's back there playing safety. They can roam around, do a lot of things. So you can afford to be aggressive. If you have a drop-off on the back end, you got to compensate in a way. You got to help alleviate that problem. You may have to play more coverage. You may have to try to devise ways to create pressure with stunts and disguises because those guys aren't are not as strong as you're accustomed to. Now, I'm just throwing it out there. You know what I'm saying? Just throwing it out there. So when folks always say, you know, like, what are we doing? Why we do this? Why we do that? So when you talk about the three three five don't work, just think if we go to the three four. And I know people are gonna say, well, we still complain about that group, but with the scheme, now because they're gonna have to make a decision. And I'm gonna break down this with the BYU recap, but I'll say it now. You at a crossroads now to where you may want to make sure you stop the run. Like I always, I always say this, and I was speaking to one of my OGs, I was telling him, it's a difference when somebody run all over you versus throw all over you. A lot of times when teams play Virginia, yeah, Virginia can throw all over you, but it's a lot of moving parts that have to be on the same accord in order for that to be successful versus somebody that could just run the football. You can do hat on hat, but then that will comes into play. Like, will you be willing to hit my back consistently? And can you and will you be willing to tackle him in space consistently? That's why when somebody runs down your throat, it's demoralizing because that's physicality and will. Not saying that our guys are soft. I'm just saying it weighs on you differently than somebody just beating you on a deep ball, or beating you on a slant, beating you on a back shoulder throw, things like that. So when you look at Virginia, the fact that we throw so much that we're going to have a couple series where we go three and out or we possibly throw a pick, that's an extra possession. But if you steadily running the football, 
you banking on stuffing or punching the ball out for a fumble. Now, I will say when folks say, and I talk about it more in my BYU recap, but I don't want to just leave things out there. I do think our defense, so here's my thing when folks ask me about adjustments. Here's my football, now over 40 years old way of thinking that I never saw when I was younger. Because I was like, man, we ain't making no damn adjustments, man. They got to do the same thing. And the coach, he's calling a different coverage. Well, he's calling different stunts. The man, this ain't working. But majority of the time, that's what adjustments are. And as a player, it's up to us to make sure that coach looks like a genius with his adjustments. Case in point, this offensive unit is executing at a high level. Starting with the quarterback, then with the starting with the offensive lineman, then with the quarterback. Right, receivers doing a great job with their route running, identifying what coverages, sitting in appropriate windows, working back to the quarterback, catching with their hands. Anything you want to say, everybody is performing at a high level. Right, there is one individual that hasn't been criticized like he has in the past, though people still point to one aspect of our offense that they always complain about, which is the running game because it's unconventional. And even last night. Folks was like, if we had a true running game with the running backs, Brendan might not be hurting this and this and that, and that's fine. But you notice Anah's not under fire this year. Why? Because guys are executing better. You could say we got better talent at receiver. You could say we got better talent at offensive line. You could say we got better talent at tight end. You could say Brendan is performing at one of the highest levels we ever seen at quarterback here. But at the end of the day, my point is, when players execute, we don't question the coaching, right? It's hand in hand. It's the ultimate team sport. So that takes me to the defensive side. Yes, coaches always have to be held accountable because they're the coach. Always. I'm coaching 10 and 11-year-olds. Sometimes I put them in the best offensive position I could put them in. Hey, you block that guy, you block that guy, you block that Just block it, I'm telling you, it'll work. And one of them missed the block. And the play don't work. And you can hear a fan say, man, why we keep running that? And I'm like, Dog, it's just one player that's not doing his job. And, and, and I look like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right? So you try to change up and do different things, and all of a sudden they go from one guy not doing his job to two. Now I know it's a difference. That's 10, 11 year olds versus college guys, but it's still football. When you look at the teams that win, they have guys executing at a more consistent basis than the next team. It's all about execution. Tony Rice talks about this on the pregame show all the time. The execution, execution. And people, that gets diluted. Like people don't pay attention to that. You can put somebody in any scheme you want. They got to execute it. Now, you can put somebody in a scheme that can be executed well and won't work against that offensive scheme that's executed well. That's the chess match. Or sometimes the matchup that you create isn't favorable to you. You know? You're hearing me in my recap talk about how a lot of times we got the hat on the hat that we wanted versus BYU's offense. 
And we brought down our best tackler, Joey Blunt. But they got a 225-pound tank. And over time, that matchup that we want ain't the matchup that we want. And they ain't taking nothing away from Joey Blunt. It's just like that dude 220 and play like he 220. And we can't keep asking this kid to go up in these car crashes one-on-one in space with that guy. Because that guy's really good. But in theory, it's a great concept because this guy 2-9 is really good as well. But his weight classes and that ain't boding well for us. But in theory, it's what we want. We got one of our best tacklers coming downhill and it works against other backs. And it's been successful a lot in this career. It was successful when we had three back there. Quinn Blinn got him coming downhill. I, hey, I bet on three. And it happens. I played here at UVA. You all know that. I can take you back to 1999. I'm, and, and I always like to show that I was a part of teams that went through some of the same stuff that this team is going through defensively. 1999 at Maryland, November 20th. A guy by the name of Lamont Jordan, who was came, I think he ended up second in ACC in rushing to Thomas Jones, who was a senior that year. Man had over 300 yards rushing on his own. We won, but everybody forget that man had 300. And one yards rushing on 37 carries. They ran for 445 yards on the ground versus us that day. And Coach Wells at the end said, we can't stop anybody most of the time. And our opponents can't stop us most of the time. If that ain't some real, I'm telling you the truth right there from Coach Wells. His quote in this article says, we can't stop anybody most of the time. And our opponents can't stop us most of the time. It's the ultimate team sport. And I ain't, I'm not absolving our defense. All I'm doing is providing context and saying, look, man, as a, as a competitor, we don't think like that. I ain't going, I ain't going to the locker room saying, man, defense, y'all get some stops if I know we turn the ball over. If we scored every time, now if we scored every time, Then that's a little that's different. And then they finally, you know, they often score every time and they, you know, they get a two point conversion. Then it's like, damn, dog, like, ain't we needed that style. Just one. That's when you be like, come on, man. Cause I done been a part, I done seen offenses throw pick sixes, and lo and behold, that come out to bite that bite you in the rear end, because the offense gave up points. But you don't want to live your life feeling like you always got a point at. One aspect of the team. That's one thing I don't like to engage in. When somebody says, oh, ball hawk, you know we lost because of the defense. I'm like, man, our offense gave the ball up three times. I'm just saying, we're going to hold everybody accountable. Yes, our defense gave up points. Yes, our defense couldn't sustain some things. But we we know of the two, that's the weaker of the phases. Just like if we know our offense is weak versus our defense, I don't even want to get into that because a lot of times that's just tit for tat and that, that gets us nowhere. I'm just saying, man, I don't operate like that. I don't. So y'all got to excuse me when I don't like to engage in it or I just don't let it like 
fly on my account. Like if you holding a dialogue with me and you say, well, we lost because of defense, and I just say, well, the offense won't perfect. That's all I'm going to say. And you can say, well, you you can't tell me, like, oh, you got to be blind or you got to be stupid or you must don't know football if you don't think the defense lost the game. That's not true. I'm not put, – first of all, I'm not putting myself above or below you. I'm just saying if I just said the offense wasn't perfect and they got to hold themselves accountable, you can't just say whatever and say it's the defense fault because then that's just showing me you like a kid. I was always taught if you point one finger at somebody, you got three more pointing at you. If you don't like that, cool. But if football is the ultimate team sport, it's just not one phase. It's too many plays in the game for it just to point at one. You talk to the dude that everybody won't get credit to for beating Tech. I caught one pass. Thomas Jones caught a pass, buying three ran intercept back for a touchdown. Then Wally Rayner had the interception to seal it. Yeah, I caught the game winning pass, but I ain't make all the plays leading up to it. So you can't say it's because of me we won. No. Because of the team. Took the defense and the offense. We were down. So is it, I was playing offense then. It was our fault we won't score no points? Or was the defense fault they won't get no stops? It was collective. It took both of us. So that's why in the second half, they sparked it by scoring themselves, and then we started scoring. They got stops. We scored. It's hand in hand. Versus BYU, we gave up, what, like 700 yards of offense. Whew. 700. 700 yards. Ain't no getting around that. That's that's just what it is. You gave up 700, 300 on the ground, 300 in the air. And like I said, in the recap, so I'll break down those numbers. So, yes, as a defense, you hold yourself accountable. I'll talk about guys and how they should cover their technique. i give you all that. I'll hold guys accountable. But when I talk about offense, I'm just not going to be like, oh, my God, we put up all these points. I'm going to point out, oh, in this series, we could have did this. But Bohawk, we did, yeah. But something still got to be corrected right here. Even when we shut out Duke, y'all saw me still correcting what the defense did wrong. We got a shutout versus Duke. I ain't just say, oh, the defense did a great job. That said, hell no. I said, oh, on this play, we should have did this. On that play, the kid just dropped the ball. On that play, this happened. Got to fix this. Got to fix that. We got the shutout, but you still got to fix this. Team game. Nobody want to hear that. Why? Because I ain't out here with the picket, picket sticks trying to get Coach Nick Howard fired or Papinga or Bronco or just any of his assistants because a change got to come. Oh, you ain't developing games then. Well, you just need to play the younger guy. This ain't rec league, bro. Just because they getting scorched, the backup must not be doing what he's supposed to do if he can't even get in if y'all think they getting scorched. I ain't just going to put you in there just because. Where they do that at? So y'all going to start firing players too? Oh, take his scholarship? He trash? That's what we're going to start doing too? I'm, I'm pretty sure when I was here at UVA, my ten, my, my, not my 10th grade, my second year here in 98, when I dropped the touchdown pass versus UNC, I know y'all want to get me the hell up out of here. 
I know in 99 when I dropped some pads, y'all wanted to get me the hell up out of here. I know my senior year when I was playing DB, I know versus Georgia Tech, when they was having their way with us running them speed outs, I know y'all was cussing me and Tim Sproul out. Oh, they are trash. What are them DBs doing? But then we played NC State, and we was giving Phillip Rivers hell. Y'all was loving us then. Oh, I ain't dumb. I know it was a roller coaster. One minute they hate you. One minute they love you. You on scholarship for a reason. You signed up for this, right? That's what they tell you. Oh, you signed up for this. It's my right to say what I want. Yeah, you can say what you want. You got your right. They can respond the way they want. And I'm glad they don't. And I had to learn how to stop responding because I, I got myself in trouble before. Not only with the our fan base, but with that fan base down the street. Want to go at them and heckle them like they heckling me. Then I'm like, why am I going down this rabbit hole with them? So that's why I'm addressing y'all in a respectful manner. Like, I don't mind that you guys vent. I love that y'all are invested in this program and these players and these coaches. I love that you hold them at a high standard. I love that you can you see that they can do better than what they should. I love that. I do. I do. Sometimes I just wish you wouldn't hit enter or send or tweet with some of the things you say. Because a lot of times I've sh- look, I know I've greeted folks who talk bad about me. I know I have. Like I've, I, 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 I click profiles and I and I save a lot of stuff that I see when people say bad stuff about me, and I'll see them in person. I'll still shake their hand, and I'd be like, they have no idea. I know what they said about me a couple years ago. Ain't no need to like. Nah, I ain't touching your hand. You said nah. It is what it is. Kill them with kindness. If they frustrated and they hit enter and they can hit send, that's on them. They got to stand on it. Because I know they end, up, they end up calling me sensitive or can't take it or they're just being honest. They're just keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? They'll they say that to me. I know. I can't win that battle. I ain't shaking your hand. You said this about me. Oh, Sensitive, huh? You can't take when somebody's honest with you and telling the truth. No, you just telling your truth. It ain't the truth. It's an opinion. But I'll still shake your hand and and keep moving. Because if you're going to speak the truth, make sure you always speak the truth. So if I do something well, make sure you be front and center when I do something well. Just like you front and center when I ain't doing good. That's all we ask. The same energy. If you consistent, if you out in the front bashing the team when they doing bad, and then you out in the front praising the team when they do good. I salute you. Because I know what I'm getting from you and I respect it. I do. Because you might be super disrespectful when they do mad, be, uh, when they doing bad. And you might be over embellishing when they doing well. That means I know you are emotional. You just love it. You don't mean no harm. You just out here just, hey, this is how I feel. I'm sorry. I just love it, man. Come on. I respect that. I do. That's why I'm talking to y'all like this. No background music, none of that sh- shenanigans, antics, nothing. Me, you, and the mic, and your ears. With my little R&B voice right now. So, yes, defensively, we got to improve. How can we improve? I don't have the answer, Sway. I don't. I don't. If I did, I'd probably be on staff. But I'm not with the team 24-7. I don't know what everybody's strengths and weaknesses are. 
Like in theory, we all have have ideas of what somebody can do better and what they can't do better. You know what I'm saying? So that's why a lot of times I like to like be be uh uh cautious. You know what I'm saying? Um I just saw a gentleman. <laughs> Sorry, man, I just responded to somebody that uh, wanted to say something smart to me, but I just killed it with kindness. But, yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say. Because um, somebody asked me, is this, is this team prepared really well? And I think this team is already always prepared well, you know what I'm saying, through film study, through game planning. But that doesn't mean that the game plan – will always work in the manner in which you thought it would, right? So, like, I could be well-prepared for a game initially, and then as the game starts going on and adjustments on the fly start to take place, now it's appearing that I'm not prepared because the moving parts went into play. So a lot of times when people give you those, give me those blanket statements like, do you think the team is prepared? And I'd be like, yeah, I always think, I always think they will prepare. I wouldn't think you was a good coach. If you wasn't well prepared. But the thing is like Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan to get punched in the mouth. And, and what that statement is saying is, can you adjust when adversity kicks in? Because they thought one step ahead of you. So what's the difference between being, prepared and adjusting and still executing. So a lot of guys can be prepared off a full week of, uh, of film study and prep. You're going, you're, you're giving them these formations and um, route combinations. And you know that to the T. So if you see that, that formation, you expecting this route combination and boom, they show you something different that they ain't never showed before. So now it's like, ooh, well, how do I how do I react to that play now? Because all week I've been expecting this play. So then people say, oh man, we don't want to even prepare for that. And then you'd be like, but they never ran that route combination out of that. That's the that's why you always see folks say, oh man, why why do we show that play? We should have saved that play because a team would prepare for something and then boom, you show them something they never seen before. And in theory, people are like, oh, we got them. They won't even prepare. How can they prepare? be prepared for something they hadn't seen? BYU did that. And I'm giving away a lot of stuff I'm talking about in the recap, but BYU did that their first series. They came out running things they hadn't ran all year. They ran with North Carolina ran versus us, which we weren't ready for that because the past couple of games, they even having a backup quarterback. So we had to adjust to them having a starter again. And what he brought to the table, the way he thought of, he threw the football, you know. So it just it's just a lot of things, man, that I just like to break down, um, through words and help people really understand where I'm coming from versus approaching it. I feel like a lot of times in groups. And it's not a knock on a group, but I think a lot of times people are so guarded 
and ready to attack that when you write something, they don't even fully read what you write. They just say, no, no, that ain't it. This is it. Because they want to show me. Like some people just want to show me they know football. And I feel like everybody knows football that's in a group. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know it. You know at least the essence of what you need to win. So a lot of times when people come at me, sometimes they just come at me just as I feel like they just want conversation. Because I don't know who, I don't know if somebody's profile picture is real or if they, what they written is real. Like my stuff is real. And they could come at me sideways. Like I'm the one that's in the business that if I say something smart, oh, oh I'm going to clip that, I'm going to send that. Hey, look, look what he said to me. This is what we doing now? It's a poor representation. You know what I'm saying? So now I've learned how to be like, nah, that ain't worth it. But I get behind this mic and I explain myself and I try to articulate it the best way that I can that is not confrontational, that is respectful. Because when you're using characters, people can't understand the context or the tone in which you're using. A lot of people use exclamation marks. And I'd be like, yo, why are you screaming at me? They're like, I'm not screaming. I'm just trying to make sure you see what I'm saying. I'd be like, oh, because I take it like you screaming at me. No, I didn't mean it like that. I'd be like, okay, cool, cool. But hopefully, man, I ain't talk y'all head off. Hopefully you get a better understanding of, of where I come from. It's not about me being buddy-buddy with, with guys in the program or trying to protect the coaches. You could criticize coaches as much as you want. You could hold coaches accountable as much as you want. But if you bring something to me and it's in a disrespectful manner or it's calling for a coach to be fired, I'm not going to, like, echo those sentiments. I'm going to say I disagree. I'm not going to ask for a coach to be fired that I know. Like, I'm going to go in there and say, yo, you should lose your job. You out of here. I know we cool. Like, how many of y'all are friends with, how many of y'all would go to one of your friends' jobs and say, you need to fire my man, John. He ain't he ain't doing his job. Nah. Yeah, though, I love you as a friend, but yeah, you got to get fired. And I know it's totally different, but that's what y'all be asking me. Oh, boy, don't you think they need to be fired? Like, whoa, why would you ask me that? Really? Because I'd be damned if somebody go and be like, I need Ballhawk to be fired from his podcast. I don't like it. I don't like the episode. Or I need Ballhawk to be fired from the coach's corner because I just don't like how he be talking with coach. Versus, hey, Ballhawk, this is my suggestion, which that's what I provide. Hey, yo, man, what's going on? Oh, you can't tell me? I, I get it. It's, t- it's more than what we think? Okay, cool. So many moving parts. With this team. Um, man, you got to address it with recruiting. You got to continue to develop the guys that's going to be here. The guys that are playing, they have to lock in and, and execute their technique better. Because versus BYU, DBs, we're going to talk about what we're not doing right that we should be doing right, which y'all showed me you could do right as the game went on. But a lot of people just say that's coaching right there. And that ain't coaching. That's executing from Z player. Like, if I was giving up 
speed outs to Kelly Watkins for Georgia Tech, that won't buy a price fault. That's me and my technique. Me playing scary all the way off because they so fast. I don't want them to run past. I've been there before. You go against receiver. Oh, he fast. I got to get back uh, and just throw your technique away. And then they running these little short, quick outs and you looking like trash can juice. I done been there. I've been in the arena league when you just get caught up in the hoopla and you throw your technique out and you just getting killed. They're like, Hawk, they burning the hell out of you. What are you doing? Come on, man. You like, and then you just say F it. And you start playing better. Why? Because you, I'm just relying on my technique. If he beat me, he beat me. But I'm going to make sure I execute my technique. He going to have to just show he was just better than me. And a lot of times I feel like back there, we just don't execute our technique and just say, so it shows that they just bet. Like, because those dudes would be why won't just better than they was bigger than them, but they was making it easy for them. Like, here, just run straight up the field, big six foot four tall guy. Yeah, just run straight. No, no, I'm not just, I'm going to just let you run that route that favors your size with no confronting. I'm not going to stay patient with my pedal. I'm just going to open it up, turn my back. No, you taller than me, so yeah. No, versus I'm going to pedal, pedal, pedal. I'm going to trap your hip, and I'm going to pin you, and I'm going to squeeze you out of bounds, even if I'm playing off. Big buddy, you're going to have to run through me. I'm just not going to let you have a free release. And then they show once they made it. I'm giving away too much. But, um, yeah, a lot of times, man, yes, you could point at coaching. Then you got to point at players executing. And the crazy thing about it is this, fans, you never know when it's which one. But in college, the easiest thing to say is the damn coach has got to do better. But former players could be looking at the game right beside you. And in our head, we thinking, damn, man, can you play the damn position better? <laughs> or can you catch the ball? Or can you block? Or can you hit this gap? Or can you tackle? Can you do this? Because a lot of times, even though the scheme might be wrong, if you still, like, if the scheme is wrong and you still there, it's the scheme making you not tackle. Because granted, I'm not knocking that the scheme may not fit what you do and it could affect you more than what affect the next guy. Y'all notice that. I ain't, I'm not saying that the scheme is right or wrong, but I'm just saying you still got to do everything else. So, y'all know the motto, man. Good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. Just want to put some level-headed um, responses out there. I'm getting a lot. I got a lot of questions from folks, and um, I just wanted to answer them all at once. And an episode, a bonus episode like this, versus being a part of the BYU recap, because this is already a lot of stuff I got to cover with that game. And I didn't want that episode to be super long and soapbox when I could just give you a whole soapbox episode. So that's all I got for you, man. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.